when your heart's not desiring more, you think there is no movement. But think about what the scripture says. Let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest you fall. You always have to seek God and pray that God will give you desire because he walks through your desire. When I'm not desiring to go closer to God, something is not right. I may not be living. I may not be as alive as I should be in God. And if I don't desire to be in God's house, David said, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Psalm 63, he's talking about, you know, being in a weary land where there is no water. He desired to be in the house of God. How Christians can stay with that, that and come up with good excuse not to be in his presence is hard. When that's happening to me, I have to be concerned. Even when I'm at home, my mind is with them. What they are doing and how they are worshiping God all over the world. These things are very crucial. I, uh, I think, you know, we, this is the only life we know. So we are desperately holding on to this life and trying to make this life better. But there is a life that's coming that is much bigger and better than this. And we should be working towards that life. Uh, and, and that's keeping things in perspective. And I have to constantly make myself think on that. Every one of us should. Because the life to come is much better than the life we're living in right now. And I have to tell myself, I don't know what that life is all about. I've never been there. But God says it's glorious. And then there is no time. So I look forward to that. To be with him. Now, we're talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, ministries of the Holy Spirit, and uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit as well. But listen to this. In uh, Matthew 28, verse 20, um, Jesus said, teaching, teaching them to observe some things, that I have commanded them, commanded you. Some things, all things. To observe all things. Observe all things. Them, that means me. I should be willing to observe everything that's here for me to observe. And that includes participating in the gifts of the Spirit. You have to observe that. I have to be a part of that. I have to desire to be part of it. If you don't have desire for it, God will not bother with you. But if you have desire for it, he'll direct you. He'll direct your path. So you study, and then you know exactly what this is all about. It is God's will for us to participate in the gifts of the Spirit. And I don't, I used to think it's such a difficult thing. And I think, well, this person manifested this gift, and so this person must be really near to God. No, it's not that difficult. It's called the gifts of the Spirit. They are not my gifts. 
they are the Spirit's gifts. And they are given to us according to what He wants to do. And it's not for me, it's for the one I'm ministering to. So because of that, I can relax and wait. But be willing to be used of God. And so we're talking about the manifestation of the gifts. And we talked about the three different uh, groups of gifts. The revelation gifts, the power gifts, and the vocal gifts or inspirational, inspirational gifts. I'm going to talk about the inspirational gifts later. Let me say this. I don't know where it's going to be. My understanding is a little bit changed a little bit. It's hard to manifest the gifts. Um, without being filled with the Holy Spirit. It starts with speaking in tongues. If you hesitate to speak in tongues, it's going to be very hard to go into the other gifts. That's the starting place. If you're afraid to speak in tongues, be filled with the Holy Spirit, and speak freely in tongues, pray freely in tongues, there's a stricture there. God cannot work through you because there is fear. You know, I listen to people talk about why they don't believe that speaking in tongues. I know what's going on there. It's fear. And if it's not fear, there's a little bit of unbelief there. And they don't want to go there because it makes them uncomfortable. And when you're uncomfortable with things of God, something is not right. Deep down somewhere in your being, in your spirit, something is not right. I know that because that's what happened to me. When I was afraid and questioning all those demonic stuff, I wouldn't pray in tongues. I didn't, I didn't, you talk about it, I want to talk about something else. Let's talk about love. Okay? Let's talk about something I'm comfortable with. But don't go this way where you're going. That's what's going on. And the reason Satan does that is to prevent you from being everything God wants you to be. When it's a gift from God, it's just like breathing the air. You don't have to struggle to breathe unless you're sick. When God gives the gift, it's there for you. And if you're healthy spiritually, those flow through you any time according to how he wills. You don't have to will yourself. Just be available and be ready to breathe. And God can walk through you. So you're not very spiritual because God is used you in prophecy. But again, the starting place for that, for the gifts, is being able to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to pray in tongues freely. Pray in tongues freely. Now, I was meditating on this. They realized the last one I'm going to be talking about, the vocal gifts. I'm going, I'm going to go into it a little bit deeper. But listen, if you can't flow in those gifts, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation, you are concerned about that, it's very hard to go past that to go into the gifts of working of miracles and all of that. You can't even have from the one that's supposed to be for church service. You can't even go there. How are you going to go for something that's like working of miracles? That's the starting place. 
And we're going to come to that. Paul says, you can all pre- uh, prophesy. Notice the word can. 1 Corinthians 14, 31. You can all. That means you can. When God says you can, you can. If you say you can't, that means God wants either the book is lying or you're lying. And God cannot lie. God says you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn. Can you give me that scripture, please? First Corinthians 14, verse 31, I believe it is. You can all prophesy one by one. So, brother, you can prophesy one by one. That's what it says. You can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all be edified. You can't find it, Teresa? I gave you trouble tonight, right? <laughs> but I, I stick to things like that. When I hear the word can, wow, that's me. And if God says I can, then I can. He didn't say, you can all prophesy if you are a pastor, right? Or you feel really spiritual. No, if you are a Christian filled with the Holy Spirit, you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn. So that tells me it's a learning process, right? We'll come into that. You can learn. You can also learn to heal the sick. You can learn. You can learn. Not learning to do it itself, but learning to be available to be used of God. So, the first gifts we're starting with, and I ended with the words of wisdom, that's the revelation gifts. Revelation gifts, the word of wisdom, uh, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. The word of wisdom is given to resolve a difficult matter. When there are questions, it's given by God to resolve things that they have questions. Once the word of knowledge, notice it's not, I mean the word of wisdom, notice it's not wisdom. It's not God will give us wisdom. It says if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. That's different from the word of wisdom. It's the word of wisdom. So when the word of wisdom is given through you by God, even though everybody's been, I'm on this side, the other side, once the word of wisdom comes in, everybody does it. It settles the matter. No more question. It's gone. You can see the word of wisdom, and Solomon was given wisdom, but there was a word of wisdom. When Solomon said, okay, cut that child in half, right? And then as soon as the matter, he gave the word, Give the child to that woman. There was no argument. Everybody knew. It's like, wow, what was that? That's the way it works. And the same thing happened when James spoke. Uh, they had some dispute in the church. Peter spoke. There was, they were still divided. Some of them were not willing, but they won't say a word. You know how it is. So we got this group this way and this group this way, but they are getting closer, but not quite. And James started speaking, and he just pulled scriptures that they knew. He pulled scriptures from the Old Testament here and there, put them together, talked about Gentiles, and everybody said, "Well, that's good." 
Let's settle the matter. What do we do now? And they all came together. It settles it. God gives you a word of wisdom when there is a difficult matter to be settled and people are arguing about it. Once the word is given, uh, it's clear. The last time I was speaking on this, I talked about dealing with this man from the Church of Christ, if you remember. Uh, and he had this argument. I had, I had nowhere to go. Never learned, I never thought about that before. But all of a sudden, I knew where I was going. He had no clue. And I thought, man, were you really smart? But I asked, he answered, yes, yes, yes. And then I asked him a simple question. And he says, never, I never thought about that. Answered. No more speech. But before then, I didn't know that at all. I had never thought about it. It just came to me real very quickly and took care of the problem. The word of knowledge. That's another revelation gift. Notice, is the word of knowledge. God gives you a knowledge of something that is, that exists, either in the past or in the present. God has already existed or is existing, or is happening right away. God gives it. And usually, God gives a word of wisdom in a very critical situation. Salvation. Deliverance. That kind of thing. It's critical. God has to do something. And this person is not going to open up unless this word comes in. But once the word comes in, there is deliverance. They are willing to receive. There is faith because they know there is no way you should know about this. So if God's saying this, if you're saying this, haven't not known about it, naturally, not what you've heard in the ear or what you've seen, it came to you by revelation. They know you don't have any business knowing it. And you may say it, and they don't, you don't even understand what you're saying because it doesn't make sense to you, but it makes sense to them. And as soon as they hear that, their faith hits the roof. They know this is coming from God, and guess what? They are ready to receive. They are ready to receive. That's the word of knowledge. It's always very critical, in a very critical situation. I mean, just because of time. You remember Jesus and the woman at the well? Jesus and the, wo- the woman at the well. Uh, it was just a word of knowledge. Simple. She says, give me that water. But Jesus already knew where, she was, where he was going. And he said, notice the way he dealt with her. When God gives you a word of knowledge, please use some wisdom, okay? Use some wisdom. Jesus said to her, go call your husband. He already knew everything. Go call your husband. And the woman said, I have no husband. And then he said it so in a very gentle way. Well, you got five, you've already had five and you got another one living with you now. And that one is not your husband. And then he said, uh, what you, you spoke truly. Well, yeah, that was the truth when you told me that. And commended her. For living that kind of life. So she wasn't, she didn't feel threatened. She was open. She says, hey, I perceive you are a prophet. She was now open. And notice, word of knowledge goes to the core of the problem. You notice what she said? She said, he told me everything about me. But 
if it's only about her husband. But that was the core of a problem. Everything about her circled around this one thing, and I'm sure she's wondering, why is my life so miserable around this one thing? That's the core of her life. And the word of knowledge went straight to that, and she opened up, and she got saved. That's the word of knowledge. Now, I said, we use wisdom. You know, if, if, I'm, if I'm here, uh, and God gives me a word of knowledge, and there's a, a guy coming in, or, uh, you know, good, suppose a good Christian man, a uh, pastor of our church, and God gives me a word of knowledge that he may have committed some kind of horrible sin, and I go and say it out loud before everybody, hey, brother, God just told me you did this. Guess what he says? You lie, pastor. <laughs> Even though it's the truth, he's not going to receive. And then guess what happens? He leaves, and then he feels condemned. He's not coming back. So, what good is it? The gift didn't do any good. You destroyed the one that God intended to save. But if I pull him aside, brother, I just got this feeling, what's going on? Oh. Then he tells you. And guess what? The salvation. You walk with him until he's free. So there's got to be a lot of wisdom in this. A lot of wisdom. But God gives that word of knowledge. Now, the word of knowledge will come in different ways. Everybody is different. Some people, they see pictures. You know, it comes in form of pictures. They see things happening. And you just describe what you're seeing in your mind or in your spirit, they have like a vision, and the ones who are listening, the partic- by the particular individual, they get it. That's me. But to you, it may mean nothing. But they get it. And they are ready for their deliverance. I think I read somewhere somebody was doing deliverance and everybody was struggling, the demon will not leave. And uh, this fellow went and just, just said one word that didn't make any sense. And the person told like, how did you know that? God told me. And they were ready for fruit and the spirit was gone. So that's what happens. God gives a word of knowledge, something you don't know. And please, you know, around Christians, this is a very tough thing. Christians like to go, thus said the Lord. <laughs> Just to be spiritual. I think Michael calls them super spiritual people. I stay away from those people. You don't have to do that. You don't have to say, thus said the Lord. You don't. Jesus didn't tell the woman at the well, my father just spoke to me, you. No, he didn't do that. He just said, go call. But she knew where it was coming from. You don't have to do that. When you say, thus said the Lord, guess who you're drawing attention to? I am very spiritual. You don't need to do that. God said, God said, God said, when I see you do that, once you come in, I'm going the other way. Does God have to tell you what you to wear? Didn't he give you brain? The Lord told me to wear a blue shirt. For what purpose? These are the funny things that's going on in the church. I like to stay away from those people. And you know, you go that way, you open yourself up for demons. 
You got several clothes in your closet, and you're going to ask God, what should I wear? He says, I give you brain. Can't you take yourself? Pick what you want. But if there is a purpose for it, then he'll tell you, I want you to wear that today. And before, before the day is over, you'll know the reason why. But usually that's not what you want to do. But you do it, and God will come through, and then you find out why. But if every day God's telling you what you to wear, I wonder who is speaking to you. Super spiritual people, they just want to look spiritual. For me, again, the gifts can work with you. When you're acting spiritual, you're hiding something. There's a pain there. There's a doubt. And so you just be yourself. You're human. You know, when they went to look for Jesus in the garden, they didn't know, they couldn't tell the difference between him and the rest of them. They needed Judah, Judas to guide them because he looked just like the rest of them. He not different. It's only when the Spirit begins to manifest in him, then you can tell the difference. That's the way we should be. You are first human before you're spiritual. And when one is overshadowing the other one, you're hiding something. I may see it, I won't say a thing to you, but pray that that's a very clear sign you're still a baby. I met the big ones. I met with Angela and I met Tia Losburn. You wouldn't even know. The guy was looking at us. At the stage, he was an usher in the church. You wouldn't know. He wouldn't tell you. He's happy to be an usher in a church where a woman was the pastor. He could care less. You have to go ask him, to your husband. <laughs> That's who it known all over the world. But he has nothing to prove. When you're trying to prove something, something is not right. Something is not right. So everybody can see me prophesy. So what? It's no big deal. It's a gift that's given to all of us. And sometimes when we behave that way, we exclude others, and they can't come in, and so you're special, and they're thinking there's something that they have to do to get to your special place. You are in the way of God's Spirit. And you should be open. That's just the way I see it. Um, word of knowledge is so powerful. Um, God can give you a vision. And you can see your vision, sometimes to help you, sometimes to help the other person. I was dealing with a, a young woman in Nigeria with our pastor, Pastor Paul, over in Nigeria, years before uh, both of us became ministers. We did a lot of deliverance. And I couldn't, I couldn't get that demon out of this woman. And, and for, for days, he was wearing me out because I've... Have yelled several times, come out in the name of Jesus. The demon twists and turns, but he won't leave. And every time I see her coming, I say, yeah, my day is over again. I'm going to spend this whole day yelling at this demon, and he won't leave. And so she came and sat down, and um, I was going to pray, but I was very frustrated. And I said to God, she was sitting opposite me, but... I, I was telling God, God, what's the matter? Kind of a little bit upset. Why can't I cast this devil out? And he said to me, she's not willing. 
And I went back. What do you mean she's not willing? She comes every day. He says, she's not willing. And I said, okay. And he, as soon as everything was happening, she couldn't see what, she didn't know what was going on. But as soon as I heard that, I kind of said, okay. And then all of a sudden, she started boasting about this demon. And he said, oh, everybody that comes to your Sunday, your Bible study, all of them are not good people. I said, what do you mean? She says, well, uh, this person is a good... Everyone that was saved uh, was a good person. And those that were seeking, they were not good people. So she knew them. I said, how do you know this? And she smiled. He tells me. So I said, she's not willing. <laughs> she's not willing. I'm not going to waste my time anymore. And I said, I said, you know, God shows me. And all of a sudden... I was able to see the image that she saw of the demon. And I, I told just in a flash. And I told her, oh, what does she look like? And I mentioned it to her, and she jumped from my chair. How did you know that? I said, I'm glad you asked. God told me. <laughs> That's when to tell them, right? You want to boast about your little demon? Let me tell you. I got the bigger God. That's the way it was now. Uh, I mean, you know about uh, John Wimber. John Wimber? You know about John Wimber? His, his uh, word of knowledge comes, everybody is different in writing. He sees things written. And John Wimber says he was in, I guess he was in first class, and uh, there was a businessman sitting to his side and the wife on the other side. And John, the way he saw words of knowledge, he looks up and he sees the words written. And uh, he turned around and looked at the man and he saw on his forehead written adultery. And then that left and then the name of the woman. And so he reached out again, used wisdom. He said, sir, sir. Come here, come here. The guy was like, who are you? Talking to me. He says, because they were sitting close. Move, move. So he leaned. And he said, what does this name mean to you? And mentioned the name. And he said, I've got to talk to you. We've got to talk. Is, uh, is it 747? Let's go up and talk. And he said, how did you know that name? He said, God told me you've been committing adultery and until you repent, God's going to kill you. <laughs> and the guy instantly, oh, he didn't want to die. And he said, what do I do? He said, you've got to go tell your wife what you've been doing. Oh, no. Well, if you don't, God's going to kill you. <laughs> he went, talked to the wife, no much argument. The woman was more concerned about how this man got to know the name and what was happening than what the husband had done. She wanted to know this God as well. Critical moment. That's the word of knowledge. And God can do that, especially for our prayer partners. God can give you a word of knowledge. Don't just say, just say the Lord, ask a question. Just like John did. What does this mean to you? They'll tell you. Because it may mean nothing to you. So you just ask a question. Something floating in your head. Does it make sense? Why am I thinking this way? Ask a question. And if you miss it, move on to something. Don't stay there. 
because it's a learning process. We're learning to do this. Amen? So that's the word of knowledge. Uh, God can be very specific. Sometimes if you read uh, the story of uh, Ananias, God actually told him, Paul is over here, and you can find, this is the street, he's living with, with this person, go there and find him. The same thing with the centurion. Go sell for Peter. This is where he's at. He had no way of knowing, but a supernatural knowledge came from God. In this case, they saw the being that they were talking about, talking, uh, that was talking to them. And you know about Ananias and Sapphira. You know about that, how Peter immediately he knew what was going on. But again, we have to understand these gifts are still available. He's still the same Holy Spirit. Just because Peter is gone doesn't mean God doesn't do this. Amen? Go on to the next one. Discerning of spirit. <laughs> this is the one that is, when it comes to the revelation gifts, this is the one that is mostly, uh, for the most part, this is the one that people misunderstand. You know why? Because all they are thinking about is demons. Right? There's no enough demons, you know. Oh, that's, that's a demonic spirit. I can discern that. Um, listen. It's not discernment. Okay? It's discerning of spirit. Not discernment. The difference. Sometimes discernment, that's the gift of suspicion. Okay? It's discerning of spirits. Discernment, that's different. Notice what the scripture says. He didn't say discernment. Did he say that? He said discerning of Spirits. Notice spirits. So we're not dealing with just one spirit. So we got three spirits to discern God, angel, or demon, same root, the human spirit. For the most part, we focus on demonic spirit. But this gift is the, the discerning of spirits is actually a very powerful gift for the church against false doctrines. You remember the scripture? Don't believe every, every spirit. Remember that? But try the spirits whether they are of God. That's what we're talking about. Discerning what spirit is behind the activity or the words. Is it a human spirit? Or is it a demonic spirit? You can see a demon. It's the activity or the words that you hear or see. So you need to know what's behind it. A man, a person can be saying, we're raising money to send to Africa. But something in you says, I don't think so. <laughs> I think that money is going into your pocket. You got greed. You're not discerning a demonic spirit. You're discerning what's happened. What, what that activity was behind it, the spirit behind it, is the spirit of greed. 
So you know, and you're not willing to give because this doesn't sound right. Something is not right. And if it's a demon, he's telling you things about God, God's moving, but something inside you says, I don't think so. This doesn't feel like God. So you discern what's behind the activity of the words that you're hearing. That's discerning of spirits. To be able to discern what's going on. Now, I'm going to give an example. Um, I believe this is... Uh, let me think what chapter this was. Uh, in Acts of the Apostles. Um, chapter 8. Of, um, do you remember Simon the sorcerer? And he was offering Paul, I mean Peter, money so that he can have the gift. I think I have that scripture. Um, okay. Uh, Yes, yeah, chapter 8 from verse 19. You got it? It says, give me the power also. He wanted the power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Now, what you think is he wants he to wants show, right? I got some power. Because he was a sorcerer and bewitched the people over a period of time. So that's what you think. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither power nor portion in this matter. For your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, this is where we're going, repent therefore of this your wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thoughts of your heart may be forgiven you. Look at what he saw. For I see that you are poisoned with bitterness. That's the problem. That's what he's discerning. The everything you saw, you know why he was bitter? Everything is shifted. He got all the attention. Now everything is going to is going to Philip. And nobody's paying him any attention anymore. He was not, no longer the power of God. He was now Philip. And now Philip, at this stage, Philip didn't pray with the people to receive the Holy Spirit. Huh? They had to send for Peter and John. Philip was with them. So these two guys came and they prayed. And I believe they saw them praying in tongues. And he knew Philip didn't do that. These guys are bigger than Philip. Now, I want that power. So I'm over Philip and I'm just like them. Uh, Bitterness. He was not happy with what was going on. Even though he came in there, he was following. And that was his problem. And you know, if you got bitterness, that thing would destroy you. You can't see clearly. If he was truly saved, he would have known. This is silly. You can't give God money and bribe him. He, I mean, grown men. Even kids know you don't do that. But when you're bitter, you're blind. You can't see. So he wasn't, uh, Peter wasn't discerning a demonic spirit. He discerned the activity, I mean the spirit behind, the human spirit behind what he was doing. That was 
the spirit of bitterness. Am I making myself clear? Yeah, that's what it is. So, we discern spirits. You discern spirits with regards to doctrine. You can hear it, and even if you don't know scripture, I was reading from Kenneth Hagin's um, book, and he said there were a lot of ministers just rushing to this, what they called revival. And this newly born again, big ministers, they were all running to it, but they were, God wasn't there, it was all demonic. But they had no clue. But this young woman, she just got saved. And she went, she felt very uncomfortable, and she said, I'm not going back there. And went back. She was right, the rest of them were wrong. They couldn't discern what was behind it. That's what this is. It's to protect the church from things like this. Just like he did with uh, Peter. Am I clear? This is what it is. Discerning of spirits. Discerning what's going on. If this is a demonic spirit. If, if this is uh, a human spirit. If it's a human spirit, it's a mistake. Just like Peter said, repent. And that can be forgiven. You don't cast out the devil. You just make them repent. And God forgives them. And then they are back. I mean, the man pleaded, pray for me. Pray for me. Amen. Tonight, oh Lord, it's over. <laughs> we'll go to the power gift. Faith. The working of miracles. And the gifts of healings. Notice gifts of healings. We'll come on to all of those. I'm going to end with uh, faith tonight. The gift, this, the spirit gift of faith, is different from the faith that we receive um, by hearing the word of God. This is a manifestation of the Spirit. It takes over your life. It's a faith given to you that's supernatural, that is really not yours, but coming from the Spirit. It's a gift. There is a big difference in this type of faith. When you are trying to believe God, based on the Word of God, guess what you do? Most of the time, Satan can come in and you... You go back, you understand what I'm saying? And then you have to stand on the word. You heard the word? Stand on the word. It's like sometimes you feel like, and then you rise up again, and it goes back and forth. Sometimes, it's like Paul Youngichu said, I had all the faith. But by the time I woke up in the morning, I wonder where faith is gone. And then he had to go back to the word and encourage himself. And if it does, the normal faith that comes through the word of God. However, when it's a gift of faith, you, you hardly moved. You just focused on it. No matter what anybody says, you're not faced by it. I saw that when Oral Robert, just a single preacher, he says, I'm going to build a university. You remember that? And the whole country is, you... How are you going to do that? He talked about seeing this nine feet, Jesus, nine feet tall Jesus. And everybody talked. He wasn't moved. He wasn't moved. He was going to build the university. 
That faith stays with you until the job is done. And then you look back, you're wondering, how did I do that? How could I believe God for that? Um, I've read a few books on that. There was a man, uh, he had uh, a school, the early part of Pentecost in the United States, and they are students that in those days everything was faith. They believed God and everything was coming for them. And then all of a sudden, they had a serious problem. No, No food, nothing was coming in. And uh, he was troubled, president of the university was troubled, didn't know what to do, and uh, everybody was concerned. But he prayed, and God gave him that gift of faith. And he told the students, uh, put all the plates out, put your cutleries out, we're going to have food. Morning came, nothing else yet. But he wasn't moved. And when it was time for them to eat, a truck came in with all the food that they needed and God met all of their needs. It's that gift of faith that uh, God works through. Now, for me personally, because um, I've been through a lot since then, I can, I can look back and see. When my son, Tojo, was born, he had a condition where the... Um, the doctors were saying it was going to be um, retarded all his life. That was one situation I don't even recall ever concerned. And I, I, I just, I'm not sure about praying or even thinking about fasting. I just, my mind was made up that that was not going to go anywhere. And I think the same thing happened to Angela as well because Pastor Kendall was with us in the hospital and we, Angela and I were chatting like no big deal, was, nothing was happening. And Kendall like, this, maybe these people don't quite understand what's going on with Angela. She knew that. But I wasn't concerned at all. It didn't bother me at all. I figured this, everything is going to be fine. And if you talk to me about it and push me, I get, I get a little bit angry inside. But I've had to deal with other situations where I had to go back to the Word and cry out to God and pray. And it says, why? How could I have gone through that? And I'm... Do you understand what I'm saying? One time, He carries you. Amen? He carries you when it's really difficult. He carries you. At other time, you're grown, you can handle it. He leaves you alone. So, no matter what you're going... Through God has the gift of faith, not yours, for his name's sake. Just for his name's sake. He gives you the deposit that into your heart. And what I've come to know, when that is deposited in your heart, it stays the same and lives when the work is done. Until the work is done, you don't waver. Stand up with me tonight. I better say this. Sometimes we define these gifts and 
You can't just say, well now, I think I am operating in the gift of faith. It doesn't work that way. You may not even know what's going on. However, God is at work. Amen? He's the same spirit. One same spirit that does all of these things. And uh, the reason why we're doing this, we're talking about it so that you know and there is faith for it. And if you desire it, in the right time, it's available to you for you to use. Amen? Father, we just want to thank you tonight for your word. Your word says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Thank you for your servants that are here tonight. Lord, I pray that you open our eyes and our minds so that we're willing to be used of you without fear. For you have not given us the spirit of fear. You've given us the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Our minds to sound, and we can be used of God to bring deliverance to the world. Thank you, Father. We give you praise tonight. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, Amen.